Hey, this is Anthea. Welcome to the new and improved Monster Girls. So over the past few years, we've recorded a lot of episodes we haven't gotten around to publishing. So over the next little while, we will be releasing content both old and new, uh, a few from the vaults, as it were. The audio quality on some of our earlier efforts is a little rough, but we hope you'll stick with us as we work through the kinks. We have all kinds of horrors in store for you. Thanks for listening. Stay spooky. Scare the patriarchy. I feel really bad for how much I'm objectifying her right now. Hi, internet. Hi! We can edit that out. Yeah, let's fix that in post. <laughs> Hi, when, internet. When a pro tennis player walks in with an itty bitty waist. <laughs> I'm sorry, hello. <laughs> um, I'm Elisa. I'm Anthea. And this is the Femme Monstrosities podcast. Woo! Um, we've been drinking a lot. We're going to do a short one mm-hmm. this evening. Uh, that's what he said. Which is appropriate because we just watched the movie Teeth. We just watched Teeth. I've never seen it before. (laughs) And I had seen it one time before. Um, And we are qualified to do this podcast because... Actually, I have weirdly fond memories. Um, This is going to sound really, like, weird, but it's not. I am terrified about where this is going. (laughs) Um, um, My, uh... um, my advisor in college bringing up this movie um, in class mm-hmm. uh, because I think I think it was when we were doing our our unit on um, medieval mystery plays and we were talking about the concept of the hellmouth and he was like which is also vagina dentata and then he taught us all vagina dentata what a wonderful phrase and I was like. This is great. This is the sort of this is the sort of thing my parents are spending a hundred thousand dollars to for me to learn. Woo! Um, so that's why I'm qualified to talk about teeth. Um, and my vagina is full of mandibles, <laughs> so that's why we're qualified to talk about this movie. Um, to start us <laughs> off, so teeth is a very interesting movie tonally. I mean, it's interesting because mm-hmm. it's about vagina dentata, mm-hmm. is what most people know about it. But to me. It's interesting tonally because it can be very serious and very beautiful and very trenchant. And then it can also just be, like, really campy and fucking ridiculous. Yes. Um, I'd like to start off by asking Anthea, can you please <laughs> explain all of the things in the movie that I didn't notice the first time? Oh. You know a couple of them. Well, um, the, the first, <laughs> so, you know, I'm always, I'm always all about craft, um, and, uh. The, this movie's not exactly subtle in the number of times that it's like, look, it's vagina imagery. Look, it's teeth imagery. So there were a couple of those that I picked up, like the the sticker getting ripped off of the page and leaving a, you know, sort of vaguely vagina vulva-shaped hole and the hole in the tree. Um, Word. Miss both those. You picked up on the cave, though. I did. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> Mostly it was the stalactites that I was like, those look like dongs. Yeah, but they also look like teeth. They also, oh, a cave full of teeth. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yes. Cool, so we're, we're all on the same page. 
page. Um, and uh, I hope the quality on this is okay. I don't know where the microphone is right well, now. Well, whatever. People who want to hear badly enough about a movie that came out like... In 2007? Yeah, 2007. Oh my god, we were so young back then. Mm-hmm. It was the year I graduated high school. So there's that, and then I picked up on the fact that the doctor was assaulting her almost immediately. Right. So here's what happened to me in the scene where the doctor assaults. And this is very sad, and I will admit this to you, Internet, because I believe in being vulnerable. Um, I assured Anthea during the scene that this gynecologist was the one okay dude in the movie immediately before he took off his glove and manually assaulted the protagonist. Yeah. And the reason is, when I alone saw teeth, at this point in the fucking movie, I was so ready for one dude to not be a rapist, Mm. that even though, and this is what my process was, the shot lingers on him taking off his glove in a way that it didn't linger, speaking of craft elements, Mm -hmm. in the way that it didn't linger on any of the other procedures that he'd been doing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I feel like something is vaguely wrong here. But I so wanted him to not be a rapist that I was like, this probably seems like an okay pelvic exam. <laughs> because when I've had a pelvic exam, I haven't like been in a position to look and see for sure whether people are wearing gloves. Well, that's fair. So I just was, I just so badly want him to not be a rapist at this point in the movie mm-hmm. that I was like, this seems a little weird. No, it's probably fine. He's fine. She's just freaked out because he's. Got his hand up in there. And he did make a creepy remark about how tight she is, but he could just be a gynecologist from a small town. <laughs> and that is my story of that scene. Well, this is actually... I've been <laughs> I've been thinking a lot because of other projects I'm working on about, about toxic masculinity. Mm. Um, which I feel like maybe we've talked about on one of these before. I don't know if we have. I've, on this couch, we have talked about okay. it. Okay. I could almost swear I've talked about masculinity in Stephen King before, but maybe I'm making that up. Go in! We should talk about that. Oh, Oh, God. But not too far. Not too far. But I've been thinking about toxic masculinity and, um, and messages. So, like, okay, because I think that it's easy to look at teeth and be like, oh, this is a feminist movie about how you shouldn't sexually assault people. Uh. And about, like, female empowerment. Like, that's all pretty surface level, I think. Mm -hmm. Um... And, uh, and I think it's cool. Like, I'm into it. No lie. Um, but I've been thinking about the messages that boys get about their sexuality. Um, and how frequently the messages about male sexuality are, you are aggressive. You are not, and it's not just the stuff, like, people talk about, like, Men are expected to make the first move, mm-hmm. and that's a thing, you know, that's a patriarchal thing. Um, mm-hmm. But also these ideas that, like, you will always be aggressive. Your natural state of being is a rapist. Mm. Um, your natural state of being is um, voracious sexual appetite. And kind of no matter what, like, and that's the basic assumption about male sexuality in this culture And depending on where you look, some places are going to be like, and you should go for it. Embrace it. Voracious male sexuality is a great thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And some are going to be like, that's a terrible thing and you should be punished for it by having your dick bitten off. Mm -hmm. And so that, and like, so I was honestly a, a little disappointed that the only dude 
I was sad that the only dude in the movie that was not a rapist was her stepfather. Yeah. Like, yeah. literally Every everybody. No, well, I guess her, I guess her friend who's in the purity club with her. Oh yeah, he's fine. But he doesn't get... He's kind of a non-entity, though. He really is. I think... And I think that's kind of on purpose. The most interesting thing that he does is reveal that he's read reviews of R-rated movies that, mm-hmm. that talk about whether... Like, talk about whether or not they're good. Mm-hmm. As opposed to whether or not they're morally good. Like, whether or not they're good movies. Mm-hmm. And then after that, he sort of fades into a button-down banality. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, no, for me, too, like... Power fantasies don't really do it for me in general, mm-hmm. and revenge fantasies don't really do it for me in general, mm-hmm. and I think that one of the, and like for me, my first experience watching this movie was different because I hadn't read The Gynecologist as a Rapist. Mm-hmm. Right. And even in that case, like, and but I was sort of like, wow, everyone in that movie is a rapist. Mm-hmm. But... If you, when you correctly read that scene, because he is a rapist, um, then it just gets to a point of oversaturation where it's like, I can't even really take this, this point seriously as a critique, because for me, one of the biggest things about, like, rape culture and having a, you know, feminine sexuality where I have sex or sexualized relationships with men is... That thing where, I mean, it's Schrodinger's rapist, but the thing Mm -hmm. where you have to go through your entire life accurately assessing threats. Mm -hmm. And you have to accurately assess threats because some guys are perfectly fine. Right. Many, many men are perfectly fine Mm -hmm. and have no, absolutely no desire to rape anyone. Right. Um, And some men are horrible scum. Yeah. And depending on how they are socialized and where they are socialized, sometimes the perfectly wonderful guys and the rapists can honestly look the same. And that's, like, where the rape culture part comes in. I mean, everybody's... Bill Cosby's in the news. Hey, yes, Bill Cosby. Um, yeah, and, and for me, not having the good guys in there kind of actually makes the situation less scary in the sense of there's no ambiguity. You may as well just chop off every guy's dick with your vagina because he's going to be terrible as opposed to, I would like to, I kind of would have liked to see the movie where she has had a lot of bad experiences, meets a genuinely nice guy, but feels threatened because she's triggered. Yeah. And, and her adaptation reacts to her feelings of being threatened. Yeah. Which I think the, the gynecological exam scene could have gone that way. Yeah, totally like, could really have. easily. Because you read it, like, it, it was sufficiently ambiguous because he didn't pull his dick out of his pants and try to stick it in her. Yeah. Um, it was sufficiently ambiguous that you basically read it that way the first time. Mm-hmm. As, like, it's not that he's doing anything strictly wrong, she just freaks out. Mm-hmm. And there's something, I think that that could be also, that, that could have been a really interesting... I'm saying all this, I enjoyed the movie. Oh, yeah, me too. I want to, I want to, like... Make that clear. You like, should all see it. This is, this is like some really, I feel like this is really nitpicky. In yeah. Some ways, but, but I'm glad that we can be feminist nitpicky because so often we're like, well, this movie had ladies in it. Yeah. We're a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see the jazz hands. I just but she did them. Um, I would so never lie to you about that. There could have been, I feel like there could have been an interesting, a, a little more time spent on this idea of like 
Dawn's own unfamiliarity with her sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and how scary that can be to to find out about it and to experience it. And that's an experience that I feel like you... That a lot of women have. Mm-hmm. Um, that they... that Because of the messages we get in our culture, we just don't... I mean... I don't know. I don't know if the thing with the sticker over the diagram of the vagina is based on a real thing. Oh, it probably is. It's so ridiculous. I feel like it probably is. Yeah. Like, it seems, it feels like the kind of thing where you can't make that shit up. And every single state has a textbook review board. Yeah. So, somebody somewhere was like, um. Texas. Yeah, probably Texas, my home state. Or Kansas. Or Kansas. Those anyway. fuckers. Uh, yeah, but, um, probably somebody at some point was like, um, you can teach about the vagina, but you need to put stickers over the picture. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a dark, scary, it's just, it's, it's a dark, yeah. scary cave. It's a dark, scary cave. So I think, I mean, like, I think that was there. I just, I, part of me wishes that it had been explored more. Although that reminds me. Because that's kind of, like, you get a little bit of that in Black Swan, I feel like. The idea of, like female sexuality as a thing that is scary to oneself mm. rather than to others. Mm. Also a movie where not everybody's a rapist in Black Swan. No! Just the one guy. Just that... Well, is there anybody else? Well, her, her like, coach, her choreographer is, like, super creepy. Oh, I was counting him as a rapist. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, he just, he abuses power. Yeah, he I mean, he's not, like, he doesn't rape her, but he's not cool. And he <laughs> tells her to go masturbate. Yeah. Which I think is, like, that's that's gross and weird. That's pretty gross. And Don't do that if you're ever in yeah, power. Yeah, and <laughs> if you're in a situation, this is just my my thought. If you're in a situation, this is just a brief black swan message. Um, if you're like part of a dance company or a theater company or whatever, and your director like tells you to go masturbate for whatever reason to like get in touch with a character or something, don't do it. Just say that you did it if you can't lose the role. Yeah. Just and and maybe record a conversation where he tells you. Yeah. And then go to the cops. Or whoever. Board of directors. Yeah, board of directors. Um, Anyway. The the people who've donated tons of money. Um, Anyway, so that's that. Um, PSA. PSA. Um, That's how we think that you should handle it. Anyway, so I... Yeah, so there's something interesting about... There's something interesting in there about not knowing your own body that I kind of wish had been explored more. And I wish... I, I really, like... I really wanted that that second guy to not be a total shit bag the second guy oh the guy with the, the bet the guy with the bet the guy with the bet um yeah that would have been fun and i thought i mean like what was so interesting about that to me was that she it in it indicated that she could like that she could control it or that at least that it was not always triggered yeah either one of those two yeah it seemed like she gained a degree of control over it because mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like she felt threatened, per se, by her um, adopted brother. By Brad, yeah. Yeah, by Brad. And it seemed like she really picked her moment in that case. Yes. Yeah, and my brother had said about the movie that teeth made him sad because it made him think that that girl was never going to be able to have a normal relationship or a happy relationship. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that reading is strictly supported by the events of the film. I mean, but the only problem is... Does this take place in an alternate universe where every man is like a creepy rapist? Yeah, like literally all Everyone. of them. And also, as an aside, I would have really been, I would have actually even been okay with the second guy um, drugging her mm. if it was, first of all, if it was a 
sort of an accident. Right. Like, it was, the way that the whole setup was set up was such that, like, he clearly had an end game there as soon as he realized, like, oh, she's emotionally vulnerable and in my garage. Right. Well, and, like, when she came in, he was reading a book called Pleasuring the Female. Well, that part is fine. <laughs> that part doesn't... Just because you want to know how to that's true. be that good at sex doesn't mean that you want to drug and rape someone. That's true. That's but true. I would actually have been okay with him sort of, you know, giving her these pills, underestimating the dosage, and not necessarily being fully aware as a high schooler what it means when your consent is impaired. Right. Um, because the whole... I mean, especially with purity, purity culture playing as big a role in this movie as it does, mm-hmm. I think, like... The most chilling thing that happens in the movie to me, as I told you, is rapist number one saying it's okay, you're still pure in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Because since he is raping her and she's, and Dawn's saying no, mm-hmm. there's no desire on her part, which means she hasn't sinned. Mm-hmm. And that's messed up. Mm-hmm. That like somehow it is actually, if you gotta get your rocks off, it's better to rape someone because then morally they're still pure mm-hmm. than to, like, have sex with someone who wants to do it. So we've already sort of wandered into, like, the murky consentless forest. Right. And I would have trusted, I I would, actually, I would still trust these creators to carry off something like that. Likewise. Because... I mean, everyone's a rapist, but they're very clear on what rape is, like, as creators. They, like, they know what it is. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, I think that part of it is that this, um, it feels, I, I don't think this is just because I'm at a place in my journey of feminism where I know more. I think it's also that the cultural conversation about rape and consent has changed a mm. lot since 2007. We are, you know, we've had a different president for two years, and we've had national conversations about birth control access and um, and casual sex, and we've had national conversations about um, the girl from Colombia talking about her, you know, make, making her rape and assault very public. Um, Campus rape in general, and that law in California yeah. about... Uh, yeah, the... the um, for, they're, like... The ongoing enthusiastic consent Yeah, thing. yeah. Positive consent? Positive consent, yeah. yeah. So the conversation has changed in a way, and and in 2000, I think, you know, I, I, I'm always like, 2007, right at the tail end of the Bush years, purity culture is still, a, like, I think, I think purity culture is obviously still a big thing in parts of the nation, but we're not living in such a red, a politically red, socially conservative nation at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the pendulum could swing any day, but um, probably will. <laughs> that will suck. In some ways, you know, in some ways in 2007, you really wanted that movie that was just about, like, fuck rapists. Mm. Oh, that makes a bunch of sense. Um, and now, eight years later, you look at it and you're, you want something slightly different. Yeah. Yeah, something with more nuance. Yeah. Because, at the, you know... I, it, yeah, I feel bad for them putting out this movie in 2007, having to make the case that, like, nope, this is rape, and this is also rape, yeah. and this other thing is still rape. It's still rape. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Oh, see, them that light, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, that's, I mean, the, I, I mean, like, American Mary's sitting there on the screen, and that's a different, that's another rape revenge mm-hmm. movie, and Kill Bill is my favorite, and Kill Bill's not strictly a rape revenge movie, it's a general revenge movie, but rape's part of it. Mm-hmm. Not every dude in Kill Bill is a rapist, but... Most of them suck. Yeah. In different ways. 
Um, not every dude in American Mary is a rapist. There's a couple yeah. of really cool dudes in, in Mar- there American are. Mary. There are. And I mean, uh, and... Who will, like, beat people to death with baseball bats. Yeah, but sometimes you need that. Um, <laughs> and, and I was, and, uh, and actually a lot of the women in American Mary are pretty, they're pretty, they're pretty cool. Yeah. Like, like, Beatrice is, at least for me, clearly not supposed to be, like, like, Mary is kind of a dick to her, but you're not supposed to think that Mary's right for doing that. Right. Yeah. So, so I guess we've come a long way. Yeah. Rape baby. God. And there's a long way to go, obviously, but yeah, it, it's kind of, com- it's almost comforting to look at it in those terms of like, mm. there was a time where this was necessary, but it's not necessary in the same way anymore. Yeah. We can have a little, we can have a slightly more nuanced conversation now. Yeah. Kind of like, like, like 70s blaxploitation, blaxploitation and other stuff where you're kind of like, there is kind of a cultural psychic need for something that is that, like, that gives that few fucks. Mm. <laughs> I don't well, know. I don't know that I want to go on record saying that, but... But you don't necessarily have to. We could fix it in post. Yeah. And on that note, I think that's a good place <laughs> to end. So, yeah, you should all see teeth. Yeah. No, you should. It's on you Netflix really now, and, like... And who knows how long it'll be on Netflix, yeah, as we always say. Indeed. And uh, worth worth it for the um, for the historical context, if nothing else. Yeah, and for the And the girl that's done is really good. Oh, I was gonna say the severed members. But yes, she is also quite that. good. The girl plays Don's really good. Yeah. So go see teeth. Yeah. I'm Anthea. And I'm Elisa. This has been Monstrosities. <laughs> Monster Girls is created and hosted by Anthea Carnes and Elisa Chavez, edited by Anthea Carnes. Our music is by Dreamwave on Hook Sound. This episode of Monster Girls was recorded in front of a live studio audience who was never seen or heard from again.